0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, when a starinuhu, when a starfiruhu, when not minubihi, when a tabaklua lay. When a utha shururi and fusina, women say ati amalina, maya de hila who fellah mudilla, may you little who la ilaha illallah, when I anna muhammadan Abduhu or a وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرة أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا صبروا وصابرو ورابطون واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون. صدق الله لي. My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah. We thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. We seek His help. We seek His forgiveness. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions and whomever Allah guides none can misguide and whomever Allah lets astray none can guide and we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah there is no master but Allah we are servants to none but Allah there is no god but Allah and we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and many more and many more And once again, my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question that I ask every single time I stand here before you, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what is changing? Two significant moments are taking place right now. What is perhaps of more significance to those of us who are sitting in this room is that we're now beginning finals, and already so many of you have that look of someone who has not slept in a long, long time, and I'm waiting to see your eyes get droopier and droopier over the course of the next few days over the course of the next week but inshallah the results will be to your satisfaction inshallah your delirium will be replaced by smiles inshallah both in dunya as well as akhirah. but also what is taking place in our islamic calendar here we are in Rabi' al awwal and this is the month that is attributed to the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this event also generates a whole lot of controversy and conversation in our community. But one point to start with is to simply think about how much and where does love fit within yourself, fit within your relationships, fit especially in your relationship with the Prophet, peace be upon him, and with Allah Ta'ala. That what happens very often in our community is we reduce everything to matters of fiqh. This is how you do it, this is how you don't do it, these are the rules, these are not the rules. But what often gets lost in the conversation is the conversation on love. That if we go through our primary sources, we have as many as 60 different words for love. love. Whether we're speaking about the common words like hub and ishq and so forth and so on, but when we practice it in our cultures, it somehow vanishes. We have it in all of our poetry, all across all of our cultures, especially our Desi Bollywood cultures, but the point is that when we get into our families, love vanishes. And even to make the point, when people sit in my office trying to cope with the dysfunctions that are taking place in their household, what is often the case is nobody is sharing, no one is practicing love. Or when people contact me about dysfunctions in their other relationships, same issue over and over again. But then think about what you think about when you think about the prophet, peace be upon him. When you think about his expression, if you are standing before him, is he frowning? More than likely, he's smiling. And think about the Sahaba, his companions, may Allah be pleased with him, when they were being tortured. And then the Prophet ﷺ says that you can go to Abyssinia. There's a just Christian king who doesn't wrong anyone. And many of the companions left, but think of the ones who stayed back. Why would they stay back and risk dealing with torture? Because they didn't want to leave him. They didn't want to leave his side. Or think about when the Prophet, sallallahu is speaking to his daughter, Fatima. And the relationship between a father and a daughter, speaking from personal experience, it's a very, very special relationship. That when the wives of the Prophet, peace be upon him, would watch her, they would even notice that she would walk just like he did, right? This is also part of love, when you start taking on the behavior of your beloved. And when we speak of that, we speak of ittiba, and we speak of sunnah, which we'll get to in a moment. But when he is speaking to Fatima, and you and I all know the story because we've heard it in weekend schools over and over again, that he is saying to her that I'm going to be dying soon. And think of the feeling of a daughter hearing that from her father. Every one of us knows that feeling, even if we ourselves are not daughters, but every one of us can imagine it. And then, of course, she's first crying, and then she starts smiling, and he tells her that she is also going to be passing away and she'll be the first woman in paradise according to some some narrations. But even think about that, that in some of our commentaries, why did she pass away only six months after the death of her father? And one of the readings is that literally she died from a broken heart. Think about who she was married to. She was married to one of the greatest of all Muslims, Ali radiallahu an. What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Evaluate for yourself, how much do you have love in your heart? But then what happens is that when we experience dysfunction in our households, love should be coming from our parents. And many of our back home cultures, when they come here, the parents may not know how to give love according to this culture. That many of our back home, parents who are raised back home, they believe that you show love in action, that you work, that you're willing to break your back for your child. But in this culture, as you and I know, you also need to hear it. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm so happy about you. But we know many of our back home cultures, that is not the actual common culture. Even though the Prophet, SallAllahu is speaking to the men of this one tribe, and he's kissing the boy, and this man of this tribe says, we don't kiss our, we don't kiss our boys. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, expresses woe for those people who don't have rahma in their heart. Rahma is obviously connected to love. Rahma is not just me making your life easier. Rahma is me making your life easier to bring you closer to me. Think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters, and we'll talk about why this even relates to finals in a moment. But what are we saying here? That a lot of times young people, and I'm speaking of you as young people, even though I like to look at myself as young, mashallah, you should agree. But the point I'm making here, my beloved brothers and sisters, is that a lot of times when people are coming with pain in their heart, It's because they didn't receive the type of nurturing that they need to receive from their parents. I had a student who visited me over the past week. It's actually interesting, if not disturbing, how many students this past week have told me that they've had suicidal ideation. And if you have that, let's please talk. But these particular cases, one particular case is a student who is getting so overloaded by studies that it's now becoming appealing to him to thinking about ending everything. And then, alhamdulillah, he finally talked to his parents about how he's drowning in his studies. His grades were suffering last semester. His grades are suffering this semester. And then when he spoke to his parents, saying that he's falling behind, he was expecting for his parents to holler at him, to scream at him. He didn't mention the thoughts that he was having in his mind. But he was surprised that they were saying, he was telling them, I might lose my scholarship. And he was surprised that they'd say, "Okay, well, we'll figure out how how to pay for it. It'll be hard, but don't give up. And then he came to me saying he was surprised by that because then he began to realize how much his parents actually love him. And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? In our culture, which is very much a media culture, we often need to hear it. But in our parents' generation, how do they manifest love? By action. And yes, in some of our households, we have fathers who are tyrants. In other households, we have mothers who are tyrants. And a lot of times, those people are behaving that way because of what they didn't receive in their childhood. But the point I'm making is that there is a lot more love in our community than we give credit for. There's a lot more love in our households than we give credit for. And sometimes it requires us to open our hearts and see the different ways it's playing out. And sometimes that takes a long time because we might be speaking from scars in our hearts, pains in our hearts. But then what happens is that if you don't deal with those scars and those pains and you get into the relationship of marriage, you're carrying all that with you, and then that causes difficulties in your marriage. So what is the next point that I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters? When we think of the prophet, peace be upon him, think about how much love he is emanating. But then he is also a pathway to finding cures for our hearts. And I've mentioned this in terms of dealing with the stresses that may be ahead of us, with this climate of hate that is going on, that one of the techniques, and we can repeat at a different time the other techniques, one of the techniques to help you deal with the fear of what is ahead of us is bring yourself closer to the Prophet, peace be upon him. And one way to bring yourself closer to the Prophet, peace be upon him, is simply by remembering him, send blessings upon him, salawat, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, and then so forth and so on beyond that. Now, what does that do for you and I? At one level, at the level of the unseen, you are sending blessings to him, and then return to getting ten times as many blessings. But what else is happening? Each time you remember him, each time you send blessings on him, you are bringing yourself closer to him. And what are we taught about the person of the Prophet, peace be upon him? That his iman was so high that when you would be in his company, your Iman skyrockets. And what do we mean by Iman? Not just merely faith, but your sense of security. This is the story of Handala. Handala is a very interesting character. Actually, there's two Handalas at the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him. This one is walking through the streets of Medina, shouting, nafaqa handala, nafaqa handala. So in one translation, Handala has perished. Or in Quranic language, Handala is a hypocrite. And he's walking around the streets, saying that about himself. Imagine one of you, although you guys are undergrads, I can picture you doing this. Imagine you're walking through Damon and you're shouting, nafaka, nafaka, Kareem subhanallah. <laughs> but the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, is that Abu Bakr walks up to him and he's saying, what are you doing? Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. And then he says, when I'm with the Prophet, peace be upon him, I feel like my iman, my faith is so high. But when I'm away from him, I feel like it goes down. And then Abu Bakr realizes I have the same problem. This is Abu Bakr, super companion. And so what are we saying? Abu Bakr is getting concerned about being a hypocrite. Abu Bakr. And so what do they say? The natural question, let's go ask the Prophet, peace be upon him. And then they say this to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and I'm sure many of us have already heard this narration, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, says that your iman is so high when you're with me because I'm the Prophet. If your iman remained that high, then angels will come and visit you while you're in bed just to shake your hand. Meaning it's natural that when you go away from me, your iman is going to go down. So what are we saying here, my beloved brothers and sisters, that as you send blessings upon the prophet, peace be upon him, you're bringing yourself closer to him. That is a technique to increase your faith. But what else is a technique to increase your faith in relationship to the context of love and in the, in the context of finals? is keep yourself in the company of each other. Right? If you keep yourself separate, it will be a challenge to your iman. Keep yourself in the company of your brothers and sisters. Of course, keep yourself in the company of your brothers and sisters doing good. Not doing some of those things that we kind of are secret about, even though, mashallah, we still do come to Juma, And you guys all know what I'm talking about. The point is, Keep yourself with your brothers and sisters in doing good. That will also act as a protection for you in Iman. And it will also be fun in terms of your studying, as long as you're studying and not cracking jokes. The point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, again, is that connect yourself to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and this process of love will also provide healing for you in your hearts. But it can only happen if you bring yourself to do that. Now, let us take a moment and ask Allah for forgiveness. Wa <speaking> We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. There's also the feeling of love. And think about it. Some of you, your eyes start fluttering when you see this other MSA member, and you get excited, hoping, fantasizing that maybe you'll marry that person someday. And maybe they're thinking the same thing about you. Who knows? That's your favorite topic, aside from going to med school. But the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, is think of the sentiment of love. It's a feeling of warmth, right? It's a feeling of exhilaration. This is also part of our tradition. And then related to that is also a pain that comes from distance. There's also a pain that comes from longing. And what we're taught, especially when you get into our mystical texts, our Sufi texts, is that when you're actually experiencing pain in dunya, the real pain is the pain of your separation from Allah Ta'ala. That is the actual real pain that you're feeling. So what are we taught that you say when you lose something, whether you're trying to find something, you've lost your book, you've lost your phone, what do you say what are we taught you say inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi we are from allah and to him is the return and this is what we're also taught that you say when you lose a loved one a loved one has passed away but what are we also saying this is not just a statement of pain this is a statement of hope that indeed we are from allah and indeed to him is the return see what we're saying here That this dunya that you and I are in that is consuming us, especially in weeks like this because of finals, that's overwhelming us, especially in the weather like this because of the cold weather, you and I know we're basically here in this world almost like we're staying in a hotel. Meaning, we're staying here for a temporary time, but the real is going to be the day of judgment on the other side. So what else are we saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Keep those two points in your mind. That your real work is not just for dunya, It is for the other side. And if you're doing your work here because your parents have put you here, the simple act of your obedience to your parents is improving your dunya. And I've said this before, if your only answer for why I want to go to med school is because my parents want me to, that is actually a good reason. Not a good reason for your applications, not a good reason for your med school interviews, but it is a good reason in terms of reality. And what are we saying here? That if you become a doctor only because your parents are telling you to become a doctor, no matter how miserable you are, and I know some of you are fantasizing about the money that comes in, inshallah, but no matter how miserable you are, every day that you're then working as a physician, inshallah, you're getting rewarded because you're obeying your parents. So keep your mind also clear and focused on the Day of Judgment, but the biggest point that I'm making, keep your mind clear and focused on Allah Ta'ala. Because no matter how difficult your life gets, as the point I made about these, these young brothers and sisters who reached the point where they thought they just want to give up on everything, including life, I'm saying being, mashallah, twice as old as you are or twice as young, speaking realistically than, than you are, yes, you should nod your head, mashallah. The point I'm making is that I've been through so many things in life, some that were caused by others, some that were caused by nature, and many that were caused by my own choices, that life still does go on. That even if you are at rock bottom, life still does improve. And we even have that in the model of the prophets, peace be upon them. Whether we speak of Musa, alayhi salaam, his dua in Surah Al-Qasas, when he's on the run from the people of the Pharaoh and he has no food, that all he has to eat are leaves from trees and he's praying to Allah, you know, my Rab, Rabbi, I'm, I, my, I'm in need of any good that you send down to me. We even have in the sunnah of our prophets how to deal with feeling like rock bottom. But even with the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we all know about his year of sadness where he loses his beloved wife. And you and I know how close he was to Khadija. And he loses his beloved uncle. And you and I know how much he loved his uncle. And then he goes to Taif, hoping that they embrace his path because it will make their lives better. And you and I know that they not only rejected him, but they sent their slaves and their children to whip him with stones. And he's saying that was the lowest point of his whole life. And what is he saying to Allah? If you think about the sentiment, many of us have experienced the same sentiment. He is saying to Allah, You know, my Lord, are you angry with me? Am I doing something wrong? But if not, then I'll continue working. Because sometimes we feel that loneliness, that solitariness. And even if the prophet, peace be upon him, is wondering, then it's completely understandable that you and I wonder too. And even if the prophet, peace be upon him, is longing for something, give me a hint, then It's natural for us to. But what happened with him, which is a reminder for all of us, he's sitting there in this forest, wiping the blood off himself. And the the man who owns the forest, who just a little while earlier completely rejected and mocked the prophet, peace be upon him, sends his servant to him. And the servant's name, as you might remember from the books, is Adas. And the prophet, peace be upon him, is speaking to the servant. He says, what is your name? He says, my name is Adas. And he says, that's not a name from around here. Where are you from? He says, I'm from Nineveh. And he says, that's where my brother is from, Yunus." Okay. The prophet Eunice, the, Jonah, the one who was in the whale. And what is the lesson of the story of Eunice? He was so much at rock bottom that he got angry and left, and then he got swallowed by the fish. And what are we saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Even if that is a lesson for you and I, that sometimes we might get so down, so jaded, so disappointed that we just want to throw everything away rather than give up. And that's also in the model of our prophets, peace be upon them. And then what happened with Eunice, he reminded that, no, this is not the right approach. He must not reject the rahmah of Allah. He must embrace it. So what am I saying? The last point, the point that we make in every single khutbah, think of the fact that you're sitting here in the comfort of this room you and I are surrounded by the rahma of Allah like a waterfall coming upon us. And the challenge is to open our hearts and actually see it. And if you have trouble seeing it, then come to my office. And at the very least, I'll torture you with my jokes. But the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, is let's all come together. And inshallah, it will be easier to get through life. And so now I remind you of what Allah Ta'ala tells us in the, Prophet, in the Quran about the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Inna allaha wa malaikatahu saluna nabi, ya amanu, salu wasallimu taslima. Allahumma Muhammad wa alihi wa ashabihi wa O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet and upon his family and upon his companions, and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Our Lord, our Cherisher, our Sustainer, grant us the best of this life, and the best of the hereafter, and protect us from the fire. Oh, turn our hearts, turn our hearts to your obedience and turn our hearts to love for each other, and turn our hearts to love for your messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and to love for you, so that we can appreciate your love for us. And please grant us success in this next week of final exams as we are trying to complete them. And please grant us ease for those of us who are trying to grade them. Subhana rabbika rabbilizzati amma yasifoon, wa salaamun al mursaleen, wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen,